All right, take two. Um, Jess Hill here and Gabriella Lilly, and we are here tonight. We're going to be uh, teaching retail arbitrage basics. Um, for those of you, uh, I don't really have to repeat. Um, okay, now we are back live. That's all I really need to say. Um, okay, good, good, good. Okay, so retail arbitrage is the art of purchasing saleable goods at retail stores and reselling them on e-commerce sites. So in the following, we will discuss uh, retail arbitrage, stores, scanning, ranking, prepping, um, Keepa, inventory lab, and a lot more. Okay, so I was just going through um, the business steps. So when you're thinking about your Amazon journey, um, you know, you might just be doing it for a hobby. You might just be, um, you, know, you know, selling a few things here and there. But once you decide to really take it seriously and, and, and start a business, you're going to want to consider doing these, these steps. Um, getting a business license, and you can get through through your government website. Um, getting your EIN, and you'll get that through the government website as well. Um, getting your resale certificate, um, and you're going to get that through your government website. And the reason that you want this is so that you don't have to pay sales tax when you are shopping in most stores. Another thing that um, a lot of us has, have learned is that you'll want to separate your personal money from your business, right? Especially when it becomes uh, tax time, it's way, 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 way easier if you have a business checking. Plus you want your business to be getting credit, like uh, gaining a credit score. Um, and that if you end up using leverage in the, you know, in the future, getting that business credit card, you'll be leveraged against your business and your business will have a credit score. Um, and so you'll want to do your business checking. And so credit unions are pretty cheap. I personally use PNC and Bank of America, um, but anything that is local to you is just fine. Um, and then if you choose to use leverage, um, I always recommend having a business credit card, not a personal credit card, so that you're not leveraging against your personal assets. Um, and that you know goes with that LLC business license. And then business insurance. So Amazon does require that you carry business insurance for your Amazon business. And if you don't have business insurance, they can ask for this at any time. They don't currently ask for this as of today, May 31st, 2020, um, but they can, and they can also retroactively ask for it. So if you've been in business for five years, they can ask, where is your receipt from your business? So mine's just through Straight Farm. Like, it's really easy. I have all my, you know, I have my cars and everything. All is Straight Farm. It's not that hard, but it is required. Okay, so these are some of the stores that you can explore. Of course, there are tons and tons and tons of other stores, um, but these are just some of the you know hotter stores that a lot of us have, right? So when we think about um, our locations, some people will have Ollie's, some people will have Belk, some people will have all these other stores. Um, these are kind of like nationwide for now, right? Because we keep getting all these uh, notices of people going under. So Walmart, Target, Kohl's, Macy's, JCPenney, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Dick's, Home Depot, Lowe's, of course, Academy, Home Goods, Burlington, Belk, Five Below, Ulta, TJ Maxx, Ross, Marshalls, Kmart. Sometimes these are, you know, in business near you, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Hobby Lobby and uh, Tuesday morning, but I did see on the news that some of those are going to be going under. So eventually some of these slides will be null and void, but that's okay. Um, local grocery stores and international grocery stores. And we're going to talk about that more because um, we're going to talk about grocery too. So those are just some ideas, but any stores up for grabs, right? Any store near you that carries items that you can sell online.
which is like all the stores. Okay. Um, so when I'm coaching clients, um, <laughs> they're like, what do I do? And I'm like, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to find the nearest store. For me, it's Walgreens. And I want you to literally scan everything. Like we're talking everything. Obviously, if you are uh, gated in topicals, of course you can skip topicals because you're not going to be able to sell them. But once you get open for that, and we'll talk about that later, um, I want you to scan everything. Um, scanning is kind of, it, it's your data, like your learning, you're uh, mastering the store, you're learning the products, you're learning the categories, you're learning, learning, learning. Um, and then also, while you're scanning, you're thinking about what those store sales cycles are. So specifically Walgreens, because I mastered that store. Um, we have beauty sales rotations. We have vitamin sales rotations, toy sales rotations. So you're going to, you know, scan it, but not just once, like every week, you're going to think about and read their ad. You don't even have to leave your house, but read their, your ad and see what is on sale. So if they're doing the buy two, get one free or whatever vitamin sale, then yeah, you're going to go and you're going to scan all of the vitamins because that's what's on sale. And then once you learn that, you'll get better and better. And then you do the next store. Um, so these are some uh, thresholds when you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm scanning everything, but what am I even looking at? What is this, what is it saying on the app? What do I even do? Like who sets what thresholds? So I always like to have a minimum return on investment of 30%. And then um, how long do you need to master a store? Uh, one year. I'm going to say one year because... The sales for the various items. I do know that there are six-week sales cycles for beauty, specifically because I saw a lot of beauty. Um, but I also want you to know what they're selling all year, right? Because in January, they're going to be selling, you know, clearance toys and stuff. February, what are we doing? We're selling candy. January, we're selling all of that Valentine's candy, right? And you're not going to know uh, what the Valentine's candy sells for if you've only you know, been scanning August, September, October, November, November, December, right? So you need to go through an entire year of sales, um, holidays, uh, rotations, different, um, not just like seasonal rotation, but also, you know, uh, or category rotation, right? So every six weeks, they'll have different rotations of the vitamins and different rotations of the beauty and different rotations of the toys and the pet products. Um, and that's kind of like a six week thing. So every six weeks you should see a sale like here's beauty week one. And then at week seven, you'll probably see another beauty sale. Does that make sense? Um, but the whole year you're going, and this is for every store, not I mean, beauty is just an example, beauty for Walgreens. Cause that's my example. Um, but you'll see for every store, once you get through an entire year of shopping that store, you're going to know what you're going to do the following year. But if you're brand new, is this your first day? <laughs> just take it one store, one category at a time. Um, you remember I've been doing this since full-time since 2016. So over four years full-time. Um, so that's, but once you get through that whole year, then you're, you've got a good grasp on it. Okay. Um, so when you are looking at that rank, that BSR, bestseller rank, I'm going to ask you to check Keepa, especially now. So if you're brand new, which I know Jennifer is new, um, then 
you're going to see, you're going to be like, I don't even understand this because half the time it's been sold out, which is a big factor. Um, and you're going to want, and we're going to go over Keepa in a minute. Um, you're going to want to look at that historical data, right? Because the last, whatever, three months have been a hot mess. I'm just going to say it, right? Um, so Keepa is going to be up and down right now. But we're going to look at that historical data for that product. So, uh, you know, six months, a year is, is way better than the last three months. And this is, you know, if you're watching this in two years, hopefully we're over this pandemic. Okay. Um, and of course, uh, a minimum profit of $5. But if it's a fast seller and it's making $1 or $2, even $3 or whatever, it's okay. So this is just, if you're brand new and you've never done anything and you need something um, to go off of. Um, are you checking Keepa in the store or when you get home? I check Keepa all the time, right? So I have it connected to my Scoutify. I put it back in my app and then I have the little Keepa button and then I can hop over. It'll open, it'll pop up in my browser on my cell phone, on my iPhone, and then it'll come up with that Keepa chart. Um, because I really want, I really want to make those decisions right then and there. Um, and after a long time, you get really good at it. Okay. So um, I did say previously that I really like 100K rank, but we right now in this whole weird climate, we can't even say 100K, right? Because it might have been sold out for weeks. It might, um, you know, it might not have any FBA sellers, that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to say for the rank, check Kipa. Um, if you would be the only FBA seller um, and this is a sold out product, then the rank might improve. So this is what I'm saying. If I go in um, to Walmart or Target or whatever, and I see some sidewalk chalk, and it's been out of stock for six weeks, that rank might be 400,000. But if I'm going to be the only FBA seller, you bet if the historical is under 100K, I'm going to buy it, as long as it's got the right profit margin and the right, um, the right return on investment. Because I can see that historical data, right? Um, right now it's really weird. So we're just gonna hammer it in, check Keepa. If you are like me, you could write it on your hand, check Keepa when I'm scanning because that's going to be your data. That's like looking in your dictionary to see what something is. It's your dictionary. Okay, um, and then if things are seasonal. So right now we're getting into the sunscreen. We're getting into, it is May, the end of May. We're getting into all the bug spray. Believe you me, I have like 30 bug bites right now. Um, so the seasonality of that is going to be coming back. Those ranks are gonna start dropping into really nice ranks. Um, but you know, in February, we weren't selling a lot of sunscreen, so the rank was really bad. So you need to look at the history of that um, seasonal item. So that'll be uh, the same for, you know, Halloween candy and, um, you know, back to school items. And then, of course, toys will come. Their, their, their ranks will all drop and get really nice in Q4, of course. All right. So just be aware of that for seasonal items. Let me just double check that they're not. Okay. Good. Okay. So the, one of the things that I have been doing um, for the past few years is this brand restriction list. So when you're brand new, um, Amazon is going to have the gates closed. They want you to prove that you're a good seller. And what I do um, is I will go in and I will enter all my brands and I actually put them in a Google slide. That way I don't have to go into my phone or I'm sorry, a Google sheet. Um, and, and try to log into Seller Central on my browser and see 
what I'm restricted in. So I know that when I walk into Walgreens, I already know the five brands that I can't sell, but now I know which brands I can sell because I've gone through and audited, and this is like homework. I'll go to walgreens.com and I'll enter on two browsers, add to product all the different brands and see which ones I can sell. And then I'm like, okay, I can sell Burt's Bees, I can sell Pantene, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna go scan and see what's on sale and what is profitable. So that's what I do. Um, and this is just a, a, a snapshot of where you add a product to check that brand um, or category to see if you can sell it. Um, and after six months, after a lot of good selling metrics, those gates will start to open. Okay, um, so your actual approvals will be tracked in your Amazon, in your um, approvals. And then this is what it looks like. So I'm going to give you this, you know, I always give the brandless template. It is here in e-commerce empowerment. And then um, the two ladies, uh, Lindsay and Jennifer, you will get that link um, if you want to use that. Um, so what I do is I say, okay, I, I can sell a Godiva. Um, it is in the category of grocery. And these are the places that I typically buy it. So that I know come Q4, especially, I'm, I'm selling a ton of Godiva. These are the places that I have, and DT stands for Dollar Tree. These are the places that I have sourced it and with success. So that's kind of like, all right, now I know, right? If you have Inventory Lab, once you get your inventory loaded into Inventory Lab and selling, you can base your buying decisions from those reports in Inventory Lab. So if you don't have Inventory Lab, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Okay. So I, I just mentioned that in the beginning, you're going to be restricted in selling many products. This is normal. Amazon needs you to prove that you're a good seller um, because other people have been bad sellers. They're protecting us and they're protecting the platform. Um, so they get thousands of sellers every single day. Um, and so they, this is allowing us real sellers to build up our credibility and our metrics to show that you're serious. Um, and once you've sold with success and good performance history, they'll start granting you auto approvals. So in e-commerce empowerment, we have, uh, I mined all of the auto approvals from my account, which is over 1300 auto approvals. We have a big list of those. Um, and then you can start getting those auto approvals. But like I said, you could just go to the store's websites and start entering all of those brands if you want. And then of course, while you're scanning, you're always pressing the request button and asking for approval and seeing if you can get auto approved um, on the fly, like if you're in the store. Okay, and then I like to make the brand list because it helps me know what I can and cannot sell before I go to the store so I'm not wasting my time. Okay, so once you're acquainted with your brand list and you start scanning in stores, um, this is how I started doing it and this is how a lot of us do it. Um, you will scan the clearance um, and then learn those sales cycles. Like I was mentioning, those sales cycles for uh, Walgreens, you're gonna learn the actual sales cycles of the products, the categories like uh, vitamin and beauty and pet and grocery, but then also the sales cycles of those seasonal items, right? Um, and then for your local grocery stores, um, you are going to do the same thing. You're gonna learn all of the sales cycles for your grocery stores. And you know, we'll talk about grocery a little bit more later, but for me, I'm really, I mean, and also if you're checking Keepa and creating relationships. So if I'm at my local grocery store, especially now, right? 
Um, if, if I have relationships that I've established prior to the pandemic and I can call and make orders and pick it up at the dock door, like that's how you keep your business going during these crazy weird times, right? Um, and also your local grocery store is there to make money and they will, I mean, nine times out of 10, they will go and order you more. They actually don't care what you do, uh, from my experience. Um, now, when we're talking about Kohl's and Target, they kind of care. They don't really like resellers, but we do it anyway because they have great sales. But my local grocery store, I'm not kidding you, has been just awesome to me. So think about that. And also think about the international grocery stores where you might have access to it, but not the whole country does, right? Okay, that's enough of that soapbox. Um, so let's see, Christina says, you can master a store dependent on how much time you have to scan all the different items and understand the sales cycles. Yes, that is what you can do. And of course, time is a limiting factor for a lot of us. Well, probably for all of us. Um, so doing that due diligence when you're at home, like I get up at six o'clock in the morning, I know I'm crazy. Gabriella is too. But anyway, um, and just doing that homework before you even go to the store, just go on their website. Cause nine times out of 10, most of their stuff, um, most of their stuff is going to be online too. Um, would grocery relationships work with big stores like Kroger? Well, actually Kroger is not that, that big. Um, it, it may seem big, but it is a small town grocery store too. Um, so absolutely. I say create relationships with every single part of your business. So, that cashier, that manager, that UPS driver, that USPS driver, that FedEx driver, they are all part of your business. Some of them will be better parts than others. That target cashier is probably not going to be a big part of it. Maybe, but yeah, I absolutely would create my relationships with those Kroger's, those Ollie's, all of those managers, because they are there to make a profit. And if you're saying, I would like to buy four cases of hot sauce, they're going to say, okay, We'll put it on the next shipment. I mean, it's really not that bad. Groceries way different than like Nike shoes or whatever. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. When you're scanning, do not leave out any category. Okay. So I don't have cats. I don't have cats. I like cats. I don't have any, but so I wasn't scanning it, but that's profit sitting right there. Ellen DeGeneres, everything, by the way, <laughs> uh, all of her stuff sells that are cat toys and dog toys and, and cat, whatever, all of it sells, but I wasn't scanning it. I was walking right by. So just think about that. If you, even though it's something that you don't personally use, scan it anyway, because you might be able to find some really good profit. Um, and my example is you may not eat gluten-free, but, but specialty foods have a big, big, big moneymaker um, for me. So keto, paleo, gluten-free, all of those diety foods, scan them. And any kind of international foods, I mentioned that. Okay, once you've mastered one store, then you go to the next one and then you do the next one. So for me, it's Walgreens, it's Dollar Tree, it's Walmart, it's Kohl's, it's Target, and then it's Schnucks. Those are like literally in my little neighborhood right here. So I want you to, you know, start. And then also the stores that are most abundant, right? We have a ton of Walgreens here. So if I find a little gem or a unicorn or gold, however, you know, you want to call it, then I can go to the, all the other ones and then you learn and then you learn who your favorite cashiers are, who your favorite managers are, and the stores that you don't like <laughs> that limit you to two. I don't even waste my time at the Central School store. Sorry if you live in Harvester. Okay. Um, okay. Um, always ask for discounts when buying in bulk. So 
Um, there are times when Walmart will run an entire, you know, um, like different sections of the entire stores all clearance. Well, if you have a good relationship with that manager and they're not busy and it's not like 6 p.m. on a, a Friday, then you can say, hey, I'm going to get all these carts. Can I get 15% off or something? Always create those relationships because there's, I mean, all they can say is no. But if you know Victoria Jean, see, she gets some good discounts on things. Um, so just be thinking of that. Always ask. Always ask. Um, and then be sure to couple the savings. So I mentioned earlier that um, I was a couponer before this and I got really good at the stack is what I call it. Um, so what I would do is I would have a 30% off Kohl's coupon with, the, with my Kohl's card. Then I get $10 Kohl's cash back for every $50 spent. And then what I would actually do is put like maybe a dollar or $10 on my Kohl's card but then I would put the rest on my Southwest card that I could get my Southwest points for. So I'm doing all of these stacks and on top of it, I'm sourcing products that are profitable for my business. So it's doing a couple of things. I'm getting points for myself. That's like payment to myself. And then I'm making a profit, right? Um, so just think about all the ways that you can stack. So other people also will stack discount um, gift cards and we'll talk about that. Okay, um, so when should I go deep? So I always tell the new people, go wide, right? Scan a lot of things, buy a lot of different products so you can get a feel for what sells, what category sells, what sells quickly. Um, and then people are like, okay, well, when, so I say two to five for a test buy, okay? And then like, well, what should I do? When can I buy 10? When can I buy 20? When can I buy 30? Um, so I really want you to go wide, not deep at first. Make sure you set your thresholds and try to stick to them. Um, and then I don't put any emotional attachment to my products. So um, I'm not like emotionally invested in the products that I am sourcing. I will source anything that makes a profit, um, whether or not I like it, right? I don't have cats. I don't, you know, that's okay. I will still sell it you know, or maybe I don't eat gluten-free, and but if it's a profitable product, I'm going to sell it, right? Um, and check all the listings. So this actually came up in the group um, earlier today. Um, someone wanted to know if you could change a two-pack to a single or a four-pack. Um, and I said, check all the listings, right? Type in that title. So let's just say um, it's Ellen DeGeneres uh, Cat Toy. I want to know if she has, if there's just the single of that cat toy, or if there's a, a bundle with the, a couple of her cat toys, or if there is, you know, a multi-pack, because I want to know all the listings that I can get on. Um, let's go to gluten-free, because that's kind of, a, a, so, so let's talk about if it was a gluten-free uh, cracker, um, and there's a single. Well, if the single is, the rank is really, really good, let's say under 20,000, then I might make a two-pack, three-pack, and four-pack. Um, and I would test all of the different configurations and see which one goes, uh, you know, sells well. And then, of course, I have in my example, it's deodorant. Okay. Um, Greg is saying IP alert is important. Okay. So IP alert, absolutely. And I wasn't even going to mention that. So thank you, Greg, for mentioning that. So IP alert is a Chrome extension that tells you um, they have a list of the different brands that have IP, have submitted IP claims in the past. 
Um, so for me, I do definitely use IP alert. And if you want that affiliate link, just let me know if you're brand new to the group. I do have um, those resources available. Um, but I really like it. I really, 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 really like it, especially because I do source at Dollar Tree and, or Dollar General. And there were some things um, that actually say as seen on TV, but some are not like they don't have an IP claim, but some brands do. And so you got to learn which ones are good and which ones are bad. And then of course, just this products like that have IP claims, not just from Dollar General, you know? So um, I definitely like having IP alert. Thank you for that, Greg. Okay. Scanning. So now you're saying, you're like, okay, what are you talking about? It's my first day. Let's just pretend. Hold on one second. What you're going to need is a smartphone and then you'll need your seller app and you'll need to be logged in. Okay. <clears throat> so if you're brand new, you sign up for um, the Amazon seller account and then have your app and sign in. Um, some things that you might want, you don't have to have, um, is an external battery. And for me, this is especially important in Q4 because I might be scanning for eight or 10 hours and I need that battery to last, right? Um, and then a Bluetooth hand scanner. So this is, an, it is a hand, I don't have it with me. Let's just pretend this marker. Uh, it's small, a hand scanner. And then um, you can scan the, I'm just gonna show you. I'm gonna take my phone. So I'm going to have my, oh, see there's Olaf. I'm gonna have my, you guys are on, but let's just sell it, say it's a seller app and I'll have my cursor in the scanning box. And then I'm gonna scan the UPC code and make my decision. Usually it's on um, Scoutify too. And I'm looking and I'm clicking, okay. And now, and the good thing about having a Bluetooth hand scanner for me is when I'm doing all those clothing racks, that's really where it comes in handy because I'm really, I'm knocking it out. I'm going through those racks really quickly. If you're brand new, you don't have to have it. You can just use your, your smartphone, but that is one of the tools that makes it a lot faster. And for us, um, big, big, big sellers, time. That's what we don't have, right? Um, and then different um, apps. So the Scoutify 2 app is what I use because I have Inventory Lab. Um, it, is, it is what you get with Inventory Lab and I will use Scoutify and then I will create a buy list through Scoutify. I'll email it to myself and then I'll download it into Inventory Lab. If that all sounds Greek, we'll talk about it later. Scan Power, Profit Bandit, FBA Scan, there's a whole bunch. It just depends on your model. There's like some that are specific to books, um, just you'll need some kind of app. I mean, you don't have to have an, another app. The seller app is fine, um, but you might want another app that will be more robust than just the Amazon seller app. Um, and try them. Try different um, FBA scanning tools and apps um, to see which platform, which interface really speaks to you. So I really just like Scoutify, and then I have my Amazon seller app open as well. Once you find items you're able to sell, you want to make sure that your <laughs> you want to make sure that your Amazon seller app is configured right. Because I will tell you that the first four months I was clicked on Merchants of Film and I was doing FBA. So you want to make sure if you're doing FBA that you're clicked on to the right tab on um, the seller app. And then for me, um, if I'm sitting, I send 95% of my stuff to the warehouse. I'm going to actually use 50 cents a pound to ship, like when I'm doing my calculations, um, because it's around 50 cents a pound to ship to the warehouses. Now, if you're really small, um, the less 
the less items in your box, the more expensive that shipping will be. Um, so you really want to try to fill a box. Um, and then for merchant fulfilled, I typically use a $4.99 shipping rate for the items I plan to merchant fulfill that are under 16 ounces, 15.9 ounces. So um, I might I might up that to 550 um, because I think shipping rates are kind of I think you know that's 4.99 is pushing it. It's been a year since I, that I've been doing that. So um, so I just wanted you to be aware if you're brand new. Okay, so for your thresholds, I'm going to tell you to check Keepa, like literally check Keepa every single time, um, because well, for one, it is your data. And for two, right now, the ranks are really weird, right, um, due to the pandemic. So last year when we were checking Keepa, things you could look at and uh, it would be a lot of consistency. Um, so I really want you, to, and we'll talk about Keepa, um, to look at those ranks and, and make that decision on your thresholds. So my thresholds were 100,000 and then, uh, or 50,000 for grocery, 100,000 for everything else. But right now I can't even say that is a threshold because uh, it's weird. So check Keepa, look in, just watch your, your thresholds and see where your rank has been historically. Um, and then for grocery, 30% uh, uh, return on investment or better. Um, your business model may vary. That is what I like. Um, and then for all other categories, I really like a 70% return on investment. Grocery is kind of like the fast food of Amazon. It, it goes really, really fast. Um, toys go pretty fast. Beauty goes pretty fast. Um, and then of course, toys in Q4 go really fast. Um, but if you're talking about uh, clothing and shoes and jewelry and stuff, those are gonna be a little bit slow mover velocity. So I want them to have a little bit higher return on investment because it's gonna take a little bit longer to sell it. So that's, and then of course your business model may, may vary. Um, so deciphering the rank. Um, if there are no sellers and their rank is bad, then you'll need to make considerations. So Keepa, <laughs> literally check Keepa. Um, if there's a good sales history, um, but it is out of stock, um, I will answer your question in just a second. Um, if it's out of stock, then you can do a test buy, um, but you gotta look at that history. Um, so the question is, Keepa has been acting weird and goes blank in some places for grocery. How do you estimate in those scenarios? So the things that I've been doing, I've been looking up the same pro okay, so let's just say it's Lance crackers, gluten-free peanut butter, okay? Then I will go look at other gluten-free peanut butter crackers and see, you know, what the similar competitive products are selling at to help make my buying decisions. Um, because if those, yeah, if, if, if Keepa is not, if the data is not there, is what you're saying, um, then it's hard to make those test buy considerations. Um, and if you're not sure, then don't buy it, right? There are plenty, plenty of products to source. Um, and then as you get better and better, you could always add, like add that ASIN to your watch list and remember the store, you know, maybe you make a list of things to watch and see if it comes back, if the keep a chart comes back. Um, and if there's no sellers, it's hard to know, you know, if it's out of stock. Um, so it's kind of a risk. But then I also make considerations on, can I cross list this? Can I sell it on Etsy too? Like, is this a good seller on Mercari? Like, what if I did buy two? What, like how much would I be out? So it, it's kind of hard to answer that question since I do a lot of calculating. But if you're brand new, I would just keep going. Like 
Don't buy something you're not confident with, right? Okay, <clears throat> make sure you're checking the listing on Amazon, okay? So this is, this is hard because sometimes it'll say, man, that's a really great profit. And then you go and you look at the Amazon listing, you say way down in the description that it's a two-pack. So I really want you, if you're brand new, I really want you to be doing that learning, okay? So I want you to learn the listing, learn the title, learn the bullet points and the description. If it looks too good to be true, it might be. So it happened to me, it happened to me a couple times where I purchased, I, it looked like a one pack pillow and I was like, man, this is like really good profit. It's like $13 a pillow. Yeah, because it was a two pack. So I ended up, I sold 18 and it was quite expensive. So I just want you to know to check the title, check the um, bullet points and the description to make sure if it's not a multi-pack. And that was a pillow that wasn't even in grocery. And it was from Kohl's. Okay, and it was Q4. Okay, coupons and store rewards. So I mentioned that you can use Sunday paper coupons. If you have ever been a couponer, you know how addictive it can be and exciting. It's basically like free money. Um, and then you'll want to do things like joining the store rewards. So this is how you master a store. So I'm saying, okay, not only are you going to Walgreens, but you're going to sign up for their balance rewards program. And then you're going to learn how to leverage the balance rewards in your business. Um, same with the CVS extra care bucks program. Some grocery stores, my grocery stores have programs and there are local grocery stores. I get cash back and actually I will go source there and I'll take that cash back and guess what? I'll buy our groceries with it, like our family groceries. So it's basically like feeding my family for free. World Market Rewards, Kohl's, Yes to You Rewards, Big Lots Rewards, Target Cartwheel, and a whole bunch more. So when you're going into one store for store mastery, check. Check to see if they give you a discount in your email for signing up. Check to see if you get um, a discount for opting into their abs or abs. Um, uh, text messages. Sorry, I had a phone call. Um, and then um, see how you can get discounts um, and, and coupons for that store. Okay. Um, websites are, wait, rebate websites and discount gift cards. So there's a lot of cash back websites that you can increase your return on investment for. So Ebates is really Rakuten. Um, Big Frugal, Ibotta, Top Cashback, My Points, Coupon Cactus. There's a whole bunch. And for this, I would just say start with one. If you're brand new to couponing and get brand new to these discount websites. Um, so this is kind of what I do. And if this blows your mind, that's fine. Um, I'll log into Rakuten and search for a raise.com gift card. So I'll get 1% back on my purchase for the raise gift card. Then I will buy the gift card off of raise. That's for Kohl's. That's 2% off of the Kohl's. So I just got 1% cash back that'll come on my Rakuten or Ebates check. Then I save 2% on my Kohl's uh, um, gift card. And then I go and I buy profitable products. So, and then I'm going to use those Kohl's discounts and the Kohl's cash back and the yes to you rewards. So I'm going to have a huge sales stack is what I call it. Um, and that will help you increase your return on investment and also get cash back for your family or points back or whatever, right? Because I'm even going to use a points card to buy that gift card. So there's a lot of stacks going on and I know that that can be confusing. So just focus on one. Like if you can just get one, if you can just get one discounted gift card, one, you know, cash back, something like that. 
Um, couple of the discounted gift cards with store rewards and cash back points credit cards. Always sign up for the store rewards and make goals around learning new stores weekly and monthly, right? So every, um, so you're gonna master one store and then you're gonna add another and another and another. Um, and make sure that you are getting those emails and text alerts. I mean, if you want them, right? Because um, some of them can be, it can be a lot. But um, you're gonna wanna get those promotions like at Target. Um, sometimes they'll do like, um, if you buy a lot of stuff in baby, you'll get um, like, if you buy five wives, then you'll get a $5 gift card or three wives or whatever. Then you take that gift card and you buy three profitable, you know, small items and you'd flip those again. And then you're basically just like flipping free money, right? So just be thinking of all of, if Target is going to be your store, then you might want to opt in for their text messages. Okay, so I wanted to give you a couple of examples of deciphering those store clearance stickers. So, because um, those numbers, oops, sorry. Those numbers are actually, there's a reason. So if you're looking at, tar or at Target, that top one, um, if you look all the way in the little right-hand corner, that is actually the percent off. So, I mean, you can do the math. That's fine. You know that 648 is half of $12.99. But that's just to give you an so, – so they might have a couple of stickers stuck on to each other, like stacked. Then you're like, all right, sweet, 75% off or whatever it is, um, just as a reference point. And then at Walmart, if you're, if you're in those clearance aisles – and sorry, I keep pressing that. Um, and you see the, um, the sticker says like six months ago, then it's probably this little date right in the middle. It's probably not 1988. It's probably way, way lower, you know, um, TJ Maxx, uh, the yellow stickers first, then red, um, Walgreens lower left corner. You can see the date printed big lots, orange stickered barcode. Okay. So for big lots though, you're going to want to scan your peripheral on the, all of the aisles. Because at Big Lots, um, they're going to have their clearance everywhere, not just in their little clearance section. Tuesday morning, color-coded stickers, 20, 40, 60, and 80. And I think they're closing, so I feel sad. That makes me sad. Um, okay, why you might not be finding things. So I do want you to um, step out of the clearance aisles and find things that are everyday items because the clearance is not replenishable. Those are typically like leftovers or discontinued items. Um, and then if you're really, really not finding any things, you might want to return, uh, adjust your return on investment. Um, make sure that you're choosing that store that's plentiful near you. And then of course, scan everything, right? So um, I also, you know, mentioned earlier to go wide, not deep. So create goals, like find 10 new SKUs a week or fill a, you know, two boxes instead of one this week. That way you can get that experience. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, put in the title of the product. So not just the UPC barcode, but also the title of the product. So if it's that Ellen DeGeneres cat toy um, and all you did was scan the barcode, put in, you know, if it's like, I don't know, a little uh, mouse, Ellen DeGeneres uh, mouse toy, something like that. Then you can see if there are listings perhaps um, that are on that didn't use the barcode. And then make sure you're scanning outside of your comfort zone, like, you know, all those categories that you're not familiar with. Um, and then once you find a good lead, like let's just say you did find a good gluten-free cracker at Walmart, go scan at Target, go scan at your grocery store, because you might even find it cheaper, you know, at those other stores. Or if you've created a relationship with your 
your, your Kroger manager, you might be able to get, if you buy a, a case of 12, you might be able to get it for the sale price that was two weeks ago or something like that. Okay, so always, always, always be asking for auto approval. You can do that in the Scatify app or through um, Seller Central in your browser, and you can also do it in the Seller app. Um, make sure you're asking for approvals for brands from their websites before you go. Um, make sure you're looking at store brands and generics as well. So we've seen all kinds of the generics, uh, or quote unquote generics, um, Archer Farms at Target and Kirkland brand at Costco and Mainstay at Walmart, Walgreens brands Equate, all of it, just look it up. You know, Rite Aid brands are on there um, and, and see what else you can find. Um, if you wanna get, uh, yeah, if you wanna get approvals for toys now, so, you know, it's May, we have a lot of time. I mean, it, I say a lot of time, but Q4 always, seems like it just came, comes really quick, you know? Um, you're gonna wanna go get those approvals at, through EE Distributions or Sheffer um, for those different toy brands. So if you are looking to sell toys, which I would encourage you to do because I've sold tons of toys and I learned my first two years of not selling toys, that it is very important to sell toys in Q4. Always be sourcing, thinking outside the box, um, not just those big box stores, but all of those local stores that are just around you. Uh, make lots of connections with store managers. Make sure that you're checking your expiration date. So if you shop at Menards, I love Menards, but sometimes their grocery is short dated. Make sure that you have a minimum of 90 days, but I would even say 120 days because you gotta get it prepped, you gotta get it shipped, it might take two weeks to get there. Because um, units within 50 days of expiration date will be removed by Amazon. So you really need to make sure that you have that good expiration date. And some days you won't find anything, and some days you'll find lots of things. So it's just having that perseverance, that tenacity to keep going. This is a business, um, and, you know, every day is a new day. Um, so capitalize on the seasonal items with a large return on investment, and that helps you grow during the season. And then as you go through your, your, the whole year, you're going to want to sprinkle in those replenishables and have like a, a lot of replenishable items that you can pay your bills on basically, and then have those seasonal sales cycles that you can capitalize on. Um, and then in the seasonal, in Q4 especially, make sure that you're asking the employees if, um, one second, um, ask the employees if there is more in the back. Um, and make sure if you're short like me, um, you're looking at the top, top shelf and the bottom shelf at like Dollar General because they have stuff hidden up there. Um, and you can also call ahead um, for inventory levels, especially if you're buying something and you're driving, you know, maybe you're driving all around to buy that same item. Just call, make a phone call. And then in Q4, you might want to rent a larger vehicle, depending on what kind of vehicle you have. Okay, we have a question. How do we make buying decisions? at places like Target that have the same sales across the country allowing for tanking. So what I do is I check Keepa, and then I also do title search to see if I can find the multi-packs, the bundles, and um, you know the hidden listings, because that's really where the money is, is in the hidden listings. And then um, if, you, if you see, if especially it's in grocery, if you see that the single is selling really well and there are no multi-packs, then you can create your own multi-packs with a GTM exception. That's what I do. So I do a lot of that. I do a lot of creation of bundles and multi-packs. That's kind of like my whole business model now. And then 
um, you know, trying to get things, you know, how do I differentiate myself from the competition, right? Because there's a lot of competition, especially Target at Walmart. And how do I differentiate myself? Can I sell um, a black and a white together, whatever it is, I don't know, um, as a bundle? And then, um, or maybe like a chocolate and a vanilla, and then put in a recipe card because then nobody has it, right? Okay. With food, do you buy and sell by case or multi-pack due to Amazon fee structure? So I usually create multi-packs, Greg. That's what I do. Okay. Um, da, da, da. that's what I did. Okay. Take note of the sold out items in your store and call other stores first to have the employees hold them for you. This is especially in Q4. Um, look high and low, build the relationships, bring your reseller certificate all the time. So you might want to just make some copies of it and put it in your glove box, um, so that you can not pay the sales tax. Make sure, try to source during non-busy times. It's, that's way better. Um, if you want to do a lot of transactions, I always like for Walgreens, I always will go to the cosmetics counter and then I'll always let, if someone walks up, I let them go and then I'll have time to, um, you know, do all my trans transactions and ask if they have inventory in the back or if they can order inventory for you. Okay. Learning Keepa. Let's talk about Keepa. So this snapshot, snapshot is from today. So that, what is that number? 1.2 billion products that they're scanning globally. That's a lot. So this is really your data. If you've never used Keepa, it used to be free, it's not anymore, but it's totally worth it um, because it has all of the data. Well, most of the data. Um, there's no other software like it and I encourage everyone to learn this software. This is just a example. Um, so this is, one specific bar graph. And so what you're looking at is the Amazon price history. Um, this is actually from last year. So this is, we could also go into keep if we have time later. Um, but you're gonna wanna look, um, pop over and look at the keep a chart with the um, orangish yellow and see when, if Amazon is ever in stock. If you can find products that Amazon doesn't sell, that's even better. Um, but you can see with this product, they do go out of stock quite frequently. You can see that they were in stock the end of January through the middle of February, but then they were out of stock for a long time, and then they came back in stock. And then you can see, um, you can click on the statistic. I always say um, to look at, you know, expand these to a year and then all time, um, and then just to just keep looking at you know, if it's new, the sales rank, or the new uh, listings that were put on and then the sales rank, um, and then, um, you know, the expanded version of the data. So if you've never seen Keepa, that's what it looks like. Okay, so I wanted to touch on Inventory Lab. Inventory Lab is the inventory management system for .com. Um, they are not in other places yet. Um, this software helps you manage a multitude of your data. So what I usually do, um, hold on a second. The question is how many months of Keepa data do you usually use to make buying decisions? Well, as many as possible. I want to look at the full history of the product so I can make a buying decision. So let's just go back. So for this one, I only have three months clicked, 
but I really would, I typically will expand it for the whole time. Cause I want to know, especially if it has a year, cause it would be nice. But obviously if it only has two weeks, I can only go with that. You know, that would be a test by kind of situation. Um, so I'm going to look at as much data as possible. I want to know as much history about that ACID as I can. Okay, so inventory lab, the things that I really like, the things that have helped me, um, I always uh, talk about optimizing your inventory lab. So um, making sure that you're putting your price, your date purchase, your source location, because you're going to need that if you get a claim. You can just pop in the ASIN um, into your solds and see, you know, where you purchased it, the date you purchased it, and you can pull your receipt. And then... Um, you're going to want to have your profit, you're going to want to examine your profit loss frequently, so monthly or weekly or whatever for your profit, profit loss report. And then the other thing that I look at, um, yeah, Keepa does have so much data, Greg, I'm sorry. It does. It does. It's a lot, but at least we have Keepa. Um, so the other thing that I do is I always put in other, um, now it's escaping me, um, I'm putting in the prices, uh, of the softwares that I use so that my profit loss statement is more accurate. So I'm putting in all those ex other expenses. It came to me, finally, other expenses. So I'm gonna put in my subscription to Inventory Lab, my subscription to my repricer, and my subscription to any of my lists that I buy, or if I'm in groups or whatever. Um, that way I know what my profit loss truly is for my business. And then you can also add, if you get other income, like if you sell a few things on Mercari or whatever, maybe you had some returns, you can put that in there as well to put, to have like your e-commerce income. Um, and that way, when you are looking at um, your, the end of the year, you'll really be really close to what you're going to be giving your CPA. What are the key reports from inventory you're looking at daily, weekly, monthly? Profit loss, for sure. And then I like to audit the supplier profitability report, the ASIN profitability report, um, and then the velocity report. I can't remember if it's called velocity report or not. Um, those are the things that I look at. So if I'm for so monthly, I'm going to look at my suppliers, right? Because I want to see what I who is my best supplier right now, and then what about a year ago, right? What was I sourcing a year ago? And where was I most profitable? So I will actually go and I will put in, let's just say June, right? June uh, 2019 and see where was I sourcing and what was most profitable. That way I can plan my route, plan my where I'm going to source. Okay. Um, it helps uh, those category, yes, um, category reports. Um, and that'll help you with your inventory uh, purchases. So supplier, ASIN, and category reports. Those are really, really helpful, especially if you've been doing it for over a year or whatever. Okay. Um, tracking your profit loss will help you track your profits weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. That's definitely on there. Um, this is going to help you. Being on top of those numbers, you have to. You're a business owner now. Um, be sure to enter the price, the date of purchase and supplier. Make sure in the event that Amazon requests receipts from you, you'll be able to know the date of purchase and store supplier purchase from and pull the receipts quickly. You are required to keep all of your invoices and receipts for a minimum of three years. I would highly encourage you to have those electronically as well. So I don't care what scanning app or what you use. I use Neat. It just works for me. 
Um, I scan my receipts into my neat uh, scanner. I pop them in. They have the recognition software that reads it for me so that if I need to pull something from last year for whatever reason, I can go in and I can put in that um, UPC number and it'll pop up, here's my Kohl's receipt. Um, of course, not for all stores, but at least a lot of them. Um, and then that way, because I do keep my receipts, I put them in, in little Amazon boxes, I take them up, I put a four by six white label within months on it, but I put it in my attic. So I can't tell you if I open those that they'll be readable. That's why I would encourage you to have them electronically. I mean, you can literally just take a picture of them and put them in a Google Docs folder. I don't care or Google Drive folder. But um, electronically, if you're new, just get in that habit. Okay, so now you're like, all right, Jess, I've done it. I've bought my first products. And now I need to prep them and I'm going to send them to the FBA warehouse. What prepping tools do I need? Um, so you'll need some FNSKU labels. Um, so you can get 30 address labels from Walmart or Office Max or Office Depot. Um, then you might graduate to thermal labels. So I have a thermal printer now and it was like one of the, I have a lot of thermal printers. Um, but it was like one of my most exciting, you know, upgrades for my account. Um, you'll need, you might want four by six labels for printing the shipping label. So those, uh, those box labels, um, you can get them for free from UPS or you can print them on regular paper. If you're brand new and you're just going to send a couple boxes, you can just print it on regular paper. Um, you also might want sold as a set and do not separate stickers. These can be made on your four by six. That's okay. Um, they also sell sold as a set and do not separate stickers like on Amazon or Uline or whatever. Um, you'll need a printer. Um, you'll need, if you have a laser printer, you can use that until you have the funds to invest in a thermal printer. Thermal printers over, I always look at it like you guys can see it. Um, thermal printers are always good over the life because you don't have to buy ink and ink is expensive. Um, printer ink as necessary. Um, I use, uh, the Zebra 4, 450s. Um, I get them refurbished off of eBay for like half price and um, Solutions Gem is who I use and their, their customer service is outstanding. Um, and they will even troubleshoot over the phone if you're having a problem. Like let's say I had a problem tomorrow, let's hope not. Um, and then I can call, they'll call me back and then they will help me troubleshoot. Maybe I need it to clean out or whatever. Um, poly bags with suffocation warnings. So you will need um, poly bags here. You'll need that suffocation warning. If you have poly bags that don't have a suffocation warning, you can print suffocation warnings labels, like white labels, and stick them to your bags until you get the right kind of bags. And you'll be, you'll see that these are the bad ones. These are the ones with the red strip. They've been sticking to my leg. Um, okay, and Scotty Peelers for removing the clearance sticker. She's not right here. I call my Scotty Peeler a girl. Um, let's see. Lighter fluid, so I do use lighter fluid. I soak the clearance stickers off for, like, so if I have a whole bunch of stuff on my table, um, I will swipe it with the lighter fluid and then I'll go and scrape it, like about a minute later. Um, you might want a box resizer. These are not mandatory. You do not have to go back and get one right after this conversation. Um, but especially if you're gonna have weird shaped things or really bulky things, box resizers can be a lifesaver, especially in Q4. 
um, boxes. You can absolutely recycle boxes when you're shipping to SBA. Um, everything except for like, I think it's alcohol and then anything that had oil in it, I believe. Check the terms of service. Um, but for your merchant fulfilled orders, I know a lot of us are doing merchant fulfilled. Um, you need to have new nondescript packaging. So nondescript boxes or um, poly mailers or whatever. I just use gray or white, like, or brown, like very boring stuff. Um, now for my other orders, they have rainbows and stuff on them. But anyway, for Amazon, they're boring. Um, packing material. So let's, uh, let's talk about packing peanuts. You cannot use packing peanuts because they open them up and they get stuck in the conveyor belts. And if you've never seen um, a conveyor belted warehouse, um, I did work in uh, pharmaceuticals, so I do actually have my own experience with this. Um, they get stuck in there, and anything that gets stuck in the conveyors, what does it do? It junks up the whole back end, right? Um, so air pillows, craft paper, easy. Newspaper, fine. Um, but only the approved dunnage. Um, and then also, do not send your FBA orders in a poly mailer because those also get stuck in the conveyors and you will get, well, you, I got fined $25 for one, it was one, I think it was one bra actually during Q4 that, um, my assistant who doesn't live here, she lives at her house, sent it in a poly mailer. I got fined $25. That was a total loss on that one. Um, so don't do that. <laughs> um, you'll need packing tape, a tape gun, heat gun, corrugated roll of cardboard for bulky or hard to pack items or things that are kind of, um, that you want to pack that might be gently, um, easily, I don't want to tell you what it is, but let's just say it's easy to poke. You might want to put corrugated cardboard around it if it's appropriate. Um, can we use old newspaper for packing materials in FBA? So what I've done is I will take a Walmart bag and I will stuff my newspaper in the Walmart bag and make a little pillow out of it. No problems. Have you done that, Gabriella? I have. Yeah, I, I've done it a bunch of times, but um, I just think packing peanuts, I think that's the real one because that's what gets stuck. Um, and I wouldn't do like shredded paper. I probably, I, I would leave that for the other uh, platforms. Okay, uh, shipping, FedEx, oops, my bad. FedEx and UPS will be your primary shipping car carriers. And uh, so you're gonna check which one has the best rates in your area and also where the drop-off locations are because my UPS is way, way close and my FedEx is not. And I know that's the opposite for other people. So just see who's closest and see which rates are the best. Um, once you're steady sending an inventory, you might wanna get that UPS smart pickup or the scheduled pickup with FedEx um, instead of having to make your trips every day. Um, but when you're, you know, a small seller making a trip, just have it on your route, wherever you're picking up the kids or you got to go to the grocery store or whatever. Um, and then make friends with all your drivers. They are a part of your business. We are approaching some really hot months. So I will typically, well, you know, I, I work from home full time. So my kids, they actually really like it. We keep Gatorades and waters in our outside, um, refrigerator and so they will run out and give William, this is his name, um, some Gatorades and stuff. And he totally loves us for it. And he's not always the happiest guy, so I always want to make him happy. So FedEx is an option again. So just check and see if FedEx is not an option for you and you want to add it in. 
Then um, the question was, isn't FedEx not an option? They came back, right, Gabriella? I don't use them, though. Michael does. Are you UPS? Huh? I use UPS. You do? Okay, well, FedEx, I thought they came back, so I'll have to correct that slide if not. Um, but I know that some people were using FedEx again, so check. I changed it to Amazon Daily, so it's possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So give your um, drivers some water, and then in Q4, I always buy extra chocolates at Walgreens, and I give it to them. They love it. Okay, inventory place and service. So when you're creating your shipments, you're going to say, you're going to see it, you're going to post it in the group, somebody's going to post it, and they're going to say, why am I sending all my stuff to five different locations? The reason is, is Amazon's algorithm is saying, this is where it's going to sell quickly, or this is where I need it. Amazon needs it for its customers, whatever it is, bras, candy, whatever. I don't care what it is. So some people are like, no, 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 no. I don't want to ship to five different places. I want to ship to one or two places and then they can disperse it, which is called facility transfer, right? <laughs> I feel like that's not right. Okay. Um, so they will, um, they will, okay. So for FedEx, he's saying it might just be for Merchant Fulfilled. You're right. I think you're right. So I'll correct that slide. Thank you. So for, let's go back one. Whoops. Let me use my, no, this is not right. So you're going to be using UPS for your primary shipping to FBA. FedEx for Merchant Fulfilled. Thank you. Look that up. I feel like Michael was using FedEx again, but I could be wrong. I don't use FedEx, so that's why I'm not on it. Okay, so inventory placement is a service that you can pay um, for your items to go to one or two locations. Like your shoes are always gonna go somewhere else, just so you know, if you are wondering. Um, so, but the bulk of my stuff goes to Chicago, and if I wanted, if, if it was going all over the place, I could enable the inventory placement um, and the, the fee starts at about 30 cents an item. The con to inventory placement is that um, you'll, your stuff will go one place, but then it'll have to get distributed to those distribution centers, those facilities. So they still have to send it there. So that means it won't go live until a few days later or even a few weeks later. So just think about that, but that is available. And then, oops. Whoa. There. So um, other people ask, what is commingling? So many items for sale on Amazon do not require the FN SKU barcode. These items qualify to be commingled and stickerless, okay? So the problem with commingling is that not every seller will send in quality products. So if I'm sending in my Lance gluten-free crackers and I am commingling with someone else, well, I don't know the quality of those products. So for me, I do not do any commingling for my business because of my, I want to be uh, in control as best as possible of my quality assurance. Um, while this might be a time savings by not labeling your items, it is a risk as other sellers' items might not be as, be, might be a lesser quality. So this is your risk to assess. There are people that do tons of commingling with no problem, but for me, I don't do it. Do you do it, Gabriella? No. I just label everything. Okay, so now you're like, all right, Jess, I shipped my first box. I'm super excited. When is it gonna go live? And when can I make a sale? 
Um, so I just want to tell you that it's Amazon's notorious for long wait times. And I feel like maybe it's just like they want you to wait. Um, so during this time, keep sourcing, keep adding brands to your approved list, keep learning those sales cycles. Once the inventory hits, you'll see the sales start coming. Keep making goals that move your business forward. Or basically this whole slide means try to be patient, but I'm super not patient, so I totally get it. Okay, so there might be times when you don't want to do merchant fulfilling. So if you guys are, you know, if you have experience on a different platform like eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, Etsy, all of those are like where you will ship it to your customer. Um, so that's called merchant fulfilling on Amazon. If you're brand new to Amazon or reselling, that is merchant fulfilling. Um, so you want to, uh, you can list your items as merchant fulfilled and as SBA. So let's just say, you get a bunch of inventory on Friday and you want to make a few sales. This is for me for sure. Over the weekend, you can list them as merch fulfill and then you can send all the rest on Monday and Tuesday. Um, so if you're not approved to sell hazmat though, you might merchant fulfill. I even have, this is not on there, but like nail polish, you can merchant fulfill this um, all the time. Um, if you can't sell, so this is going to be a hazmat item. You can't put, send it to the FBA warehouses if you're not approved for hazmat. Um, so you might want to merchant, I merchant fulfill my nail polishes. I merchant fulfill my um, eyeshadow palettes because those typically will break no matter what if I send them to FBA, no matter how good I package them. Um, and then of course, in the pandemic, I've been merchant fulfilling like a loony bird. Uh, make sure to set your shipping prices though. So if you're in e-commerce empowerment, you have the list of the templates. So you can put in several different templates in your shipping, um, merchant fulfilled shipping templates. Um, so you would do, you know, small items like up to 16 ounces and then a pound and then to two pounds, three pounds, whatever you wanna do. And then you're going to set the prices as like, I live in Missouri, so I'm gonna look up Maine and I'm going to look up Seattle and I'm gonna see what the prices are for those various um, weights. Um, so you can adjust those shipping settings in Seller Central. A lot of us are learning a lot about that because we're a lot of us are doing it. Okay, so now we're going to talk about stores, um, shoes, and grocery. Um, so if you are new to selling shoes, these are the most popular sizes. And actually, some of these sizes go for sometimes almost double if you're selling like Nike and Under Armour Adidas shoes um, because they sell out so quickly, the demand it's, it's basic economics. The demand is there. You can sell them for more. So men's 9 to 12, women's 7 to 10, um, all sizes of children and infants of all sizes. Um, you do want that original box. You don't have to have it. Like per Amazon, you can have just a plain brown box that is a shoe box. For me and my business, I need that original box for Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Um, there are times where you can get away with just a poly bag if it's like a sandal or a crock or a slide, um, that's okay. But if I'm going to sell those Nike shoes that people collect, they need to have that box. Um, and then another note, work boots sell all year long. So if you find those um, Caterpillar, Carhartt, there's a few different brands of work boots, they sell all year long and they have some amazing profitability. Amazing profitability, I'm just telling you. Okay, so grocery, we did talk about grocery, uh, but let's just, talk about it again. Um, so gluten-free, keto, um, any fad diet, any paleo, all of those have been really great sellers for me. 
um, international food. So if you have international, like I have Latin, Asian, Indian, I have quite a few um, different, I have kosher, all these different international or ethnic foods um, can be a hidden gem. And the great thing about those small mom and pop stores is they are more than happy to work with you. Um, my Indian food store will even give me a list. Like if he has all these teas out, um, he's like, oh, I can get way more. Like I can get all these other ones. And then he will actually give me a list of those pantry items and what, um, you know, what he would sell them to me for. I don't need to know what his price is, but what he would sell them to me. And then I can go and audit um, and build those relationships, right? Um, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the good sellers from my relationships and then I'm going to make those multi-packs. So like I mentioned earlier, if it's got a rank of 20,000 or better, I'm going to test the two, three, four, and six pack. Um, if Amazon has a 12 pack, I might even test a 24 pack if it's not too heavy. Um, bundling like items when flavors, um, like flavors of crackers or hot sauce. These make for great bundles. So right now, um, hot sauce bundles are selling like crazy because it's almost Father's Day. Um, so you want to look at, if you're on the Amazon.com page, you want to scroll down and see what's frequently bought together. So all of those different kinds of goldfish crackers. If you're looking at that gluten-free cracker, we have the cheddar, we have the um, like sesame seed, and then we have the peanut butter. Like, look at all of it. Maybe you're looking at cake mixes. You have vanilla, chocolate, red velvet. Like, you can sell them in bundles, in like multi-packs, all these different things. And that will help differentiate you from the competition. And that is where it's at. That is where the money is. If you are asking, if you're a freshman at school and you're asking the senior for directions, this is the direction, by the way. Okay, stepping down. There are now delivery services. So this has been huge, especially during the pandemic, right? So Instacart, Peapod, Shipt, all of these can save you what? Time. The thing we can't buy. We can't buy it. We can't buy time, right? But what we can do is source um, specific to how to get that, you know, cheap or free delivery. And then I'm going to actually create my inventory lab batch. I'm going to put it all in, make sure I have profit even after I have my delivery, my tip and everything. Um, so this is, if you're doing grocery delivery though, this is what I want to tell you. Make sure you click no replacements because they try to replace my, my organic, uh, tomato ketchup with the store brand that did not work. I had to send that back. So that's a learning. Um, find the items that you can get free delivery, obviously trying to save some money. And then I actually put this on this note, exact note on each item that says, these items are for resale, no replacements, please. Please check the condition of the item and only purchase if in good condition or great condition. If the store does not have the quantity requested, please purchase an even amount, right? So if I ask for five, and they have four, I still want four because I could do two two packs or whatever. And then um, I, I'm asking because, you know, one time I had some cornbread that sells awesome, by the way. Um, and the tops were all like, the, the corners were all like kind of meh. And so they texted me and they said, I don't know about the corners of this cornbread. Do you still want me to buy it? And I said, no, thank you for telling me. And then they actually get more of a tip for being good communicators. So, um, and I ended up having the same um, driver like five times. So they totally knew what they were doing. They were like, oh, this is awesome. But anyway, um, if you don't have grocery delivery, 
I've been capitalizing on pickup like this entire pandemic. And if you saw my post today, Piper and I, she wore her little mermaid outfit and we went and we did grocery pickup and it was awesome. Like they'll come to your car, they put it in and like literally it's awesome. So if you have that available, utilize those services that can help save you time. And plus if you have a bunch of kids like me. Okay. Kohl's. So I mentioned Kohl's. It's like my favorite store, right? So um, I've been shopping Kohl's for 13 years now, just personally and um, obviously for Amazon. So you want to join the Yes to You Rewards and you can, if you could open a Kohl's card um, and pay it off monthly, um, you're going to get more discounts with that Kohl's card. Um, I'm not encouraging you to, I'm just letting you know that that's what you will get is more discounts. Um, as long as you spend over $600 a year, you'll get six additional as the most valued customer um, after $600 in purchases. So the very best stack is the 30% off coupon plus $15 Kohl's cash back on the $50 purchase. And this is during Black Friday and also they had it during their anniversary sale this year. Um, so they did an anniversary sale and you also got the $15, but you definitely get it back on Friday that, on um, Black Friday. That's what they, um, that's what they typically advertise. Um, and the next best, oh, this is even wrong. It's 30% off with a $10 Kohl's cash back on each $50 purchase. I'm going to correct it right now. So that those people that get the slide deck. Okay. All right. Um, and they run that frequently. Um, I would definitely um, check Cole's website and the app. They have an app that you can download um, so you can capitalize on those discounts. Okay. So these are the brands that I have um, been very successful with. So Gloria Vanderbilt um, in women's pants, Van Heusen men's pants and shirts, Chaps men's pants and shirts, Hagar men's pants and shirts, um, Bally made in form, Lilia France, um, there's a couple more that are not on here. Uh, Vanity Fair, Olga, those are bras. Uh, Nunbush shoes, Nike, um, it depends on if you're restricted. Dockers men's pants, Union Bay Juniors, Oshkosh Children's, Oshkosh and Carter's. Hanes, bras and underwear, Cuddle Duds, those might be restricted. It depends on your account. Um, Izod men's pants, shirts, and um, swimwear. And then Under Armour. So it just depends on if you um, are, are engaged in some of those brands. Okay, and now we're gonna talk about Tuesday morning. I'm gonna go through it because right now they still are in business, um, but just know that, you know, as of just a couple days ago, there were some different rumors um, that they might, might or might not be going out of business. Um, so you're gonna wanna get their emails and you'll get, I, I'm pretty sure you get a $10 off coupon um, when you sign up for their emails. And then you wanna, so down in the corner you have the 20 to the 40 and the 60% off. Obviously if they're going to be, um, sorry, if they're going to be you know, going out of business, they might have a lot more sales, um, which can be good for an immediate return. Obviously, if they go out of business, it won't be a long-term return. Um, and then check their clearance. So they have different clearance, um, you know, weekly and uh, seasonally. You'll wanna look at those green tags as well because those are specific to their perks program. Um, always scan the cart specials as those can be lucrative and seasonal holiday deals can be found just after the holiday. Okay, 
So Home Depot and Lowe's have been really, really good during Q4. And I really like sourcing these stores because they have, well, and I, I'll say Q4, but also seasonal. So a lot of their, you know, garden and seeds and different things like that are really um, hot right now. Um, so you want to check their ads for their sales cycles and make sure that you're getting those moving coupons. If you can find them perhaps like on eBay, um, you can typically use the Lowe's mover coupon at Home Depot. I would just call and ask. Um, and then if you are military or um, retired military, um, you always get 10% off all the time. So if you are, you can capitalize on that. <sighs> okay, Menards is, uh, I really, really like, um, can you sell seeds on Amazon? You, you sure can. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of seeds on Amazon. You just gotta scan the barcodes and enter them in. And I would, if you're gonna be selling seeds, I would put in the brand, right? Because there's different brands of seeds. So you sure can. Okay, uh, Menards. So Menards has this rebate system where um, they have, you can either get like a rebate off of single different items, or you can get a rebate back on the whole purchase. And that's several, several times a year. And I really think that they've kind of been doing it this whole time, this whole pandemic. I think they ran a couple extra of them. I'm, I kind of noticed in my flyer, I was like, this seems like more than usual. So capitalize on that, right? They're trying to get more sales, which is good for their business. And it's also good for your business. Um, so they'll offer the 11% rebate on the whole purchase and you can double dip. So if you buy something that has a free after rebate, but then you also get 11% back on your whole purchase, you can do both. You can do both. It'll print at the end. Well, depending on your store, mine usually either will print and then cut, print and cut, print and cut, um, or it'll just print at the end and then you'll go and cut it depending on which store you go to. Um, and you get this little slip that says, hey, I purchased this uh, coffee mug or whatever it is. And then you take that and there's all these little slips in the front of the store um, where you take it and then you fill out your address and everything like that. So you could delegate that to a kid or whatever. Or you can, I think you can even just use like a, a sticky note that has your, you could use your, you can use your two by ones and create um, your address labels on them. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you can stack all the rebates with the weekend coupons and the Menards big car for 2% cash back and then increase your return on investment and make sure if you're using the Menards big card, you pay it off every month. Um, and then they do the 11% price adjustment rebate. If you purchased your items within 14 days uh, prior to the 11% rebate, you can take advantage of that with your re uh, receipt when you take it to the store. Um, so you'll need to ask for that though. If you're gonna go back and um, request that price adjustment rebate, um, just, I mean, if, as long as your Menards is open, right? Um, then you'll have to go to customer service and request that. Um, as with all stores, check their clearance, um, make it a part of your weekly route, always check their expiration date, I mentioned that earlier, on the grocery items, and then I like toys, summer gear, sunscreen, gardening, accessories, home improvement, Christmas, holiday, laundry detergent. Um, I, you can use the rebates and like Sunday coupons um, and then clothing. And then there was one other thing that just popped into my head that I was, oh, uh, I said sunscreen, but I didn't say bug spray. That's the other thing that popped into my head. Um, Patty asked, is it too risky to source OA from a store who is not local to you? Like if you need to return an item, would it be a pain? because they're not in your area. No, there's a return that 
nine times out of 10, there is a return um, sticker that you can use, like either like the returns department or like Kohl's, some of them, they'll just have a sticker if you need to, and it'll end up getting charged to Kohl's. So no, I mean, we're not, we're talking re retail arbitrage right now, but I, if you, if I need to do a return for online arbitrage, you can do returns for online arbitrage. Okay. So Hobby Lobby, and I hope this doesn't go under, but I do. I did see rumors that this store was going to close, but hopefully not. Um, download their app to obtain the 40% off one regular price weekly coupon. Um, this can be used in-store or online. You wanna sign up for their emails and follow their Facebook page. You can, you can use the 40% off coupon one time per person. So if you have four kids, I would take every single one of them in unless it's a risk to their health because of, because of the pandemic. But anyway, um, on a regular day, you can have uh, multiple coupons with multiple people in different transactions if you really wanna save a lot of money. Um, online prices are usually the same as in store, but you will have to pay shipping. So it's actually cheaper to source at Hobby Lobby than it is on their website. Um, you can sometimes get the free shipping promotion. It's run four or five times a month for this store. Um, bundling is wonderful at this store. So craft bundles, holiday bundles, toy bundles. Um, you, you might want to try to stack your uh, discounts with uh, a gift card, like at Gift Card Granny. You want to look at the post-holiday sales. And then you want to look at those little yellow stickers. Those yellow stickers are where the um, heavy discounts are. And you can use your Hobby Lobby coupon at other stores like Joanne Fabric or Michael's, but you can't use the Joanne Fabrics and Michael's coupons at Hobby Lobby. Isn't that crazy? They will, um, they will price match for the exact items. Is Hobby Lobby somewhere you frequent, frequent for sourcing? I can say that I will go to Hobby Lobby for more than one platform. That's what I can say. So yes, that's a yes. Okay. Um, you can sign up for Hobby Lobby rewards card um, and then you can make sure you um, pay it off monthly so you don't incur any interest. And things that I don't buy, but I don't know if it's going to be on, you know, super sale soon, um, are party supplies. Like I go there and I'm like, oh, look at these. These look great. Nope, not great. Um, and then some stores, um, they will actually do both sales cycles on Saturday evenings. You just want to make sure that you call and ask, hey, is this this week's sales cycle and the next week's sales cycle is happening at the same time? You might be able to maximize your sourcing, and that's on Saturdays. Um, you can get a price adjustment within 14 days, and they do offer rain checks as long as they're in business. Um, shopping Tuesday and Wednesday mornings are the best and least busy times. Okay. Did you know that you can buy coupons through coupon clipping services? So this can help you increase your return on investment. Um, so this is for stores. I can just give you um, Big Lots coupons, um, World Market coupons, um, you know, those Lowe's mover coupons. Um, as people will buy the, they'll, they'll sell the coupon and that's okay. I mean, you know, um, they're saving us money, especially in Q4. Um, so these are some of the uh, coupon services, or you can even look on eBay. Okay. So once you have a lot of experience with retail arbitrage, you can take that same experience and couple it with online arbitrage um, for the same stores you've mastered, right? So if you have mastered 
Walgreens in store, go and master Walgreens online so you don't have to leave the house, right? And then once you, um, once you, okay, so once you're doing the online arbitrage, you might want to use tactical arbitrage or other softwares. And then once you have brand experience, you might want to choose to start reaching out to brands for wholesale accounts. So that's kind of how my business has kind of evolved over these years. You know, um, I have retail arbitrage, tons of that experience. Now I have over a year and a half worth of online arbitrage experience. Now I have all this wholesale experience so that you can really get a good business going on Amazon. And these are a lot of the, um, these are great business models to run. So now um, I will take questions. If you need me to go back in, in the slides or if you want to discuss anything, I'm going to go ahead and double check that we didn't have any questions from Zoom, which is good, no questions. So I did kind of talk quickly, but we do have about 30 minutes. Um, and then let's keep going. Okay, we have another question and then I can just stop. Unless you guys want me to go back to a slide, I, I'll go back to a slide. Um, so will, will the deals be better in store or are in store sales the same as online? So for that, um, it's going to be store dependent, right? So some stores have products that are only available online. Some stores like Hobby Lobby, they don't give free shipping all the time. So the shipping is going to kind of eat away at your profit. Um, so it will be a matter of um, figuring out the, if you're really looking to do online arbitrage, which we do have another class all about online arbitrage, um, you want to check both, right? Um, I know that I can get a lot of profit in the clearance aisles at those TJ Maxx, Ross, and Marshalls. So those are going to be stores that I'm going to do retail arbitrage for. But there are other stores. I mean, I do tons of the hybrid where I will online arbitrage order Target, uh, Walmart, and then I'll go pick it up. So it's kind of like sort of retail arbitrage, but mostly online arbitrage. Um, so those are, you know, the, it'll be store specific. Okay. When some sellers are tanking a listing, do you just wait for everyone to sell out and hold on to your price? So for bras, I do, Christina, I will wait out, especially if the rank is really good, because I know that I can sell that Olga bra for $35 and I don't want to sell it for $20. But if it is something I went um, heavy on, maybe I went heavy on some toys in Q4 and I have three left, like, then I'll just sell it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be product and also price dependent for me. Um, I do really like the quick nickel. So I really want a velocity driven business. Um, so, you know, with that, I would also check Keepa, obviously. Um, and then if it is a clothing item and they're not going to make that style again, which like for the bras, I can usually wait it out. They're, they're, they're lightweight. They're the, um, storage fees are not that expensive. And I know I can get $40 for that bra. I'm probably going to wait it out. Um, so it'll be dependent on what it is though, because I probably wouldn't wait it out on a toy that I think is going to just keep, keep taking. I might just say, get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if you guys have any other questions, you can always, um, you know, leave them in the comments. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm definitely going to have the replay in e-commerce empowerment. I will send the replay to those that are on the zoom. I have a question in zoom. Here we go. Okay. When should I request to get ungated for toys? Can I get ungated with an invoice when I am new with no sales? So for 
toys and for grocery and for pet, it is fine to use um, wholesalers and distributors invoices when you're new. Yes, I had that confirmed um, the other day. If it's Nike, you need to have a minimum of six months of positive selling history, right? So for you, I would say go to, um, you will need your resale license though, your, your number for Sheffer or um, Entertainment Earth distributions. So if you don't have those, I think you mentioned that you were going to get those this week, then you can hop over to those websites, create those accounts. I will say that I like Sheffer better. They're just not as salesy. Um, and then actually in e-commerce empowerment, I have examples of how to find the products, how to sort in Sheffer and EE e e distribution. I think it's mostly Sheffer, but, um, so if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to join that and get all that information, um, and then, so, so, but to answer your question, yeah, you can start getting ungated right away in stuff like toys and toy category and then different brands and then, um, grocery and stuff like that. Okie dokie. Did you want to add anything, Gabriella? No, I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you. I told the kids, I was like, you guys got to be quiet. They were playing kickball. It's dark now. So, all right. Well, if you guys don't have any more questions, um, I'll go ahead and wrap up for this evening. So thank you for coming to the reteaching. And next week, next Sunday, we're going to be with John for Facebook advertising, learning the basics of um, Facebook advertising. For those of you that have brands or you want to learn how to advertise. So tune in next week.